Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in EdTech in the K-12 education space this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On this episode, we continue to follow the money, where it is, how to use it, and why it's important to think about sustaining it going forward. First off, Jim D. He's the technical services manager for Adorama Business Solutions. He details all you need to know about Perkins 5. This is the largest federal investment in career and technical education, also known as CTE, and how it supports the development of a successful CTE program in districts. You can find the article, How to Fund Your CTE Program, in this week's newsfeed. He offers a number of tips, but I'll highlight two. He writes, number one, research the requirements and objectives for CTE in your state. States must send the Federal Department of Education a list of goals for the grant, their process for approving local recipients, and strategies for special populations. The Federal Office of Career, Technical, and Adult Education website has all those materials for each state, so be sure to go there. He also goes on and says, Read about how the state plans to spend this money and what they expect of recipients. Note that requirements in terms of program assessment, which you may have to fulfill to apply for the grant and if you receive that money. There may also be requirements for consulting with educators, administrators, parents, students, or community representatives as part of your application. Here's another. Learn who determines funding and how they do it. He writes, each state determines its allocations differently. They may allocate according to the number of CTE students or the actual cost of running the programs. Requirements for establishing a program also vary. Of course, this information is crucial if you're applying to start a program, but even longstanding programs should consult this information. He goes on to get even more in depth about how to secure and use these funds They're valuable insights on how to support an important and accelerating aspect of K-12 education. Check it out. Next, Keith Rykowski, he's the director of procurement for a group called Diamond Assets, pens a provocative piece called, It's Time to Invest in Tech Equity in Education. Again, it's up on the eSchool homepage this week, where he offers some strategies for districts to consider. He writes, Number one, embrace students as learning partners. For all districts, it's critical that students are embraced as partners in learning. That means they must be trusted with devices even outside the classroom. Ultimately, students who bring devices home with them may extend their learning long after the final bell. Number two, invest in tech training for educators. Another important aspect in pursuing equity comes in the form of teacher training. Strong teachers have modified their curricula and learned how to develop successful education programs through technology. That means utilizing learning platforms, incorporating technology in class assignments, and taking advantage of advancements to help students with learning disabilities. And number three, and this one is crucial, create sustainable technology implementation plans. Perhaps the most crucial element of establishing educational equity through technology is creating sustainable plans so students have continued access for years to come. It's undeniable 
that today's devices will wear down and current technology will become obsolete. That's why administrators need to be thinking now about how to maintain a high-tech learning environment. That sustainability piece seems to be the most important aspect of managing these monies. School district leaders across the country are cautiously optimistic about post-pandemic teaching and learning, and they're also tracking what may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to upgrade tech infrastructure and classrooms with next-generation solutions like interactive displays, laptops, and more. But really, when you look at it, you can say, great, we have this influx of funds, but you need to keep an eye on the future. That windfall, warn experts, is temporary. I hosted a conversation recently with three of the nation's top experts on education funding. Listen to this snippet from the eSchool News webinar entitled, How to Make the Most of Your COVID Relief Funds. You can find it under the webinar tab on the homepage. And John H., I mean, that's I mean, that's a condition that you've been covering for years in terms of E-rate. A district is continuously applying for year after year, right? And so the, the, those funds have been there. Do you foresee maybe there being an equivalent for devices or you know, a continuation, I guess, depending on the administration or who's uh, in, in charge of the dollars? I, I was about to say that's the million-dollar question, but I guess it's probably the billion-dollar, $10 billion question, right? Uh, you know, there's a theme here, Kevin, that, there, there's some it'll be it'll be interesting 20 years from now to look back you know when it's clear to see sort of the the history and everything that's that's being written right now but there's some very clear themes you know the uh as we've already discussed you know covid didn't create the homework gap it didn't it didn't create the adoption of you know laptops and online learning platforms and all that but it certainly accelerated it now one of the challenges is that the you know some of these emergency funds came in and they provided a band-aid to help accelerate the deployment of equipment accelerate some of you know these platforms being adopted and so on but the day-to-day -day annual operating budgets have not gone through that sort of you know they we we got fast forwarded six or seven years but the budget didn't and so now all of a sudden we're looking out over the horizon over the next 12 18 months and realizing a lot of these emergency funds are going to be sunsetting and we've still got budgets that look more like 2019 than 2022 and all of a sudden now we we what are we going to do we're going to take the laptops away from the kids you know are we going to are we going to turn their wi-fi off of course not it's books were technology once you know like the gutenberg press hey this was brand new technology you gave everybody a book you didn't take it back same thing like we've, we've got to find ways to do this and that's why the topic of this webinar is so important and i wish it was a, a one discrete answer it's more of a lifestyle you know and the fact is district leaders have to recognize this this threat that's on the horizon they've got teachers they've got students they've got parents that are now accustomed to having this connectivity, this extra communication with the parents and the teachers, and this is fantastic. They're gonna have to find a way to, to operationalize that, to support it. And, and one of the ways could be a permanent program like the E-rate program that's providing ongoing support. I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. I think that, but, but however we get there, we've got to get there because we can't, we can't turn it back you know, to, to where we were just a few years ago. Yeah. Well, and, the, and the, Kevin, the other piece, you know, to, to carry on with uh, John Harrington's piece about that is, and I know we have a lot of district leaders on this call, 
is district leaders, the first step is recognition of the issue and not, you know, turning a blind eye to, well, we just have, and a lot of people are in this state right now. We have to deal with what we have to deal with now. They had to take plans to the board to get the second round of funding. I mean, there's all these approvals that take place. And so people have been grappling with that along with trying to bring kids and employees back to work uh, as John Harrington mentioned, build up an online school that perhaps never existed before. As John Bernstein mentioned, teachers resigning for a myriad of reasons, you know, lack of respect, fear, fear in, in the classroom of health issues, just I've had enough. I can't tell you the people I've talked to, superintendents, district leaders, and teachers who say, I can't do it anymore. I thought I could hang on. You know, it was the best of times and we're in the worst of times. So there's a real challenge that district leaders have to step up to. But again, they have to recognize the challenge, start planning, going to their boards. I would say going to their state legislatures and their state departments of ed to step up and say, we've all got to be in this together because you cannot go back to the Gutenberg Press, and I'm a former librarian. I'm all for print materials and books, but the practical reality is we live in a digital world. We're raising digital citizens, and connectivity, you know, is the holy grail of digital citizenship, not only in the school anymore, but 24-7 for the type of students that we're raising that have to compete globally now. So leadership, and I think the people on this call, you know, they're leaders, first of all, they join the call, but secondly, to go back and start that conversation in their school districts to say, hey, I was on a webinar and we've got to wake up and, and smell the connectivity. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Eschool News is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.